Put the fucking mic on. How we doing, folks? It's your boy, DP Barstool Sports Starting Nine, and you are listening to the End of the Bench. Scoot your ass down. Welcome to episode 84 of End of the Bench. On this episode, we're talking something new on every Friday episode leading up to spring training, the spring training games. We're going to go over every single division in detail, talking about their directors from last year, what they did in the offseason, and who's going to win it. We're going to start off with the NL East this episode. We're also going to talk about... With my phone. Um, We're also going to talk about Jameis Winston getting some LASIK eye surgery. Is really going to help him? Nope. I don't think so. (laughs) And also, the NFL reinstates Miles Garrett. Is it too soon? little awkward there. We also talk about a little gambling, March Madness futures, AB being AB in special segments. We got who's man's and a would you wear towards the end of the show per usual. Before we get into our main topic, let's talk about cannabolics. I was at the gym last night. Your boy's knees were throbbing. Oh, yeah? I was doing legs yesterday. I was doing leg extensions. Okay. And I felt a lot of pain in my inner knee. For both my left and right knee, went home. I thought of it as I was doing my reps. I'm like, I got the gel at home. I got the gel at home. That's I'm right. Hot. Because you know what? CBD, it works. The gummies, I'm taking them every day, once in the morning, once at night. Getting and the vitamins. gel works. Absolutely, dude. And that's what Cannabolics does. They focus on using CBD to help aid health and athletic performance while delivering the highest quality CBD products and education. In the industry. They also have a new product. No they way. just launched. It's the all-purpose power butter. It's the yeah. first product of their purple leaf skincare collection. It's a 500 milligram all-purpose power bottle. It's wow. butter. It's extremely versatile. And it basically is just good to help keep your body happy and healthy. It has shea butter, infused coconut oil, and a butter other a bunch of other essential oils to help relax your muscles and your body, leaving you feeling refreshed. Well, if you want all of that, you can go to cannabolics.org. And if you want a little off, use the promo code BENCH, B-E-N-C-H, for 10% off your order. Hey, look, you order a lot of stuff, start stacking up a little bit. That's right. 10%... Really helps, and this I might I might get this stuff too because this stuff works, dude. I love oh, hundred percent works. Even the last night, you know, it was rainy, crappy out all day. My knees were a Joints little achy. Are kicking in. Oh, ex- exactly. Especially running up, running around all day. Absolutely. You know, running around with the camera. My knees are my knees are feeling a little crappy. Sat down, threw some of that so- uh, soothing freeze gel on, and boom, boom, I felt like a new man. All right, so you can go to cannabolics.org and use the promo code Bench B E N C H for ten percent off your order. Go buy some stuff, man. It's good stuff. Let's get into baseball. The MLB OKs three batter minimum among new rule changes for the twenty twenty season. MLPR tweeted out a press release yesterday with all the rule changes, and then I also read some articles yesterday in detail. But basically, the changes were agreed to be by MLB and the Players Association last March 8th, subject subject to the study of the joint committee. These rules will be implemented on March 12th when around the spring trading games will be underway. Thoughts? 
I do not like this rule whatsoever, Taylor. There's a lot of rules that were implemented. I only put a couple on here, but if you read the press release, there was about, I think, five or six, I want to say. I got I to gotta read it real quick. So there was the three batter minimum. Then there was active roster limits, which was the rosters through August 31st and postseason. September rosters, two-way player two-way players, which is the Otani rule, basically, position player pitchers, extra player rule, and then the injury list, reinstatement, and then um, reduction in, ch- in challenge time, which they're managing the the challenge time to now under 20 seconds. Okay. Instead of 30. But there's a lot of things going on, but the main topic from this press release is definitely the three better minimum. I don't like this whatsoever. Me neither. Just right off the bat, initially, you lose some of those like childhood names that like you might forget, but when someone says it, you instantly remember. Ron Valone, Mike Ron- Myers. Ron Valone. That's right, Ron Valone. You, I would never, ever, ever know who the hell Ron Valone was if it wasn't for him being lefty out of the pen. Damaso Marte. Yep. Boom. Boom. Name. Look, a lefty specialist. Oh, look, Jerry Blevins, yeah. his career was a lefty specialist, right? Oh, yeah. Andrew Miller, really, I mean, he originally wasn't a lefty specialist. He was more of a you put dominant there, guy. Right? But Even Josh put, Hader, before he really, really blew up? Yeah. Look, the lefty specialist role was one of the coolest roles in the game, and in sports as well. You knew coming in, this is when you're on job, you get one out, dunzo, gone. Yep. Get the lefty bat, get Harper out, right? Oh, yeah. So this requires a pitcher to must face at least three batters or end the half inning unless he is hurt. There was 2,162 pitching appearances of three batters or fewer last year, according to Elias Sports Bureau, Bureau. but 1,471 of them finished with the end of the inning or half inning of a game. To eliminate that role, if you really think about it, it eliminates jobs. Right? 100%. Will there be a lot of lefty specialists? No. But you're you're eliminating a skill set. You're eliminating a a viable option in your bullpen. Gone. Now everyone has to now imagine you're a pitcher, you're a left-handed pitcher, and against left-handed batters, the batters are batting a buck twenty, and right-handed hitters are batting two ninety. That is what's called a lefty specialist, or a guy who cannot face righties. Yep. So. It really helps to have a guy like that in your pen. A lot of World Series winning teams over the over the last 10, 15 years have had a lefty specialist on their roster. To eliminate that is dumb. And to have the three batter minimum, it just doesn't work. What happens if a guy, you're a right-handed pitcher, and you get the first two guys out, but the, la- but the, but the third guy in the order is Aaron Judge, and Aaron Judge owns your ass? Batting three thirty with five home runs in his career off you, and whatever you do, throw junk, throw away, throw balls. He's still going to hit it. Yep. So eliminating and adding this rule, eliminating the lefty specialists, eliminating the specialty pitchers, and adding three batter minimum is horrible. I don't like it. No, I mean I I completely agree. It just takes away one of those almost like iconic positions like. 
I'm trying. I'm trying to even think of something comparable. It's like, it's like if you took oh, like, like like the kick returner is is in a way because kick yeah. returners now I've been limited to how they um, you know return balls. Punters, it's like how often do you see punt return or kick return? Not like we used to. No, like not Devin at all. Hester was the was the benchmark. That's, yeah, you knew he was taking the ball out of the end zone. At, what ninety percent of the time he caught it. That was him. That was what. That he's a he'll be a Hall of Fame player because of his special teams play. Exactly. I mean, there's Hall of Fame players based off of this that, that have turned their from the start of their career from this and turned them into a Hall of Fame yeah. pitcher or or Hall of Fame player, whatever. But I don't know. It's. It doesn't make much sense. It's just another thing Rob Manfred's now doing to just sh- shorten the game down. But I mean, well, if they you think are, about it, it doesn't shorten the game it, down because you're taking pitchers out and then you're you're not taking pitchers out. I don't know. It's just there's all these dumb rules that are being added, and they're already juicing balls. So why are you going to go against pitchers again? Yeah, right. Wouldn't you think you'd maybe try to slow down the offense? I'd love to see what they do with baseballs this, this season. They probably definitely fixed them, right? They definitely fixed it a little bit. I mean, I don't know because what I heard about what was so big about last season is the company who was previously making the balls Rollins. got bought out. Rollins. Yeah, Rollins got bought out. Really? Yeah. So last year was the first year of, I guess, like the new, you know, head company really creating the balls. So they created them differently until. Was it Rollins or Spalding? No, it was Rollins. It was Rollins. Spalding's best way. Yeah. So, I mean, if it continues trends from last year, which is going to be the second year of this new company, uh, you know, I guess producing the balls, I I expect it to be the same. I don't expect the balls to have any less, maybe a little less jump because MLB might give them some, you know, some slack about it. But I, I expect it to be pretty much the same. What about these active roster changes? So the rosters through August 31st and postseason. Active roster limits from opening day through August 31st and including the postseason game shall be increased from 25 to 26. One extra guy. I mean, I don't hate it. It's getting someone a job and it's getting my team, you know, if they need an extra arm in the pen or, you know, extra defensive replacement, pinch hitter right. or something like that. So now what we've been used to for years is the 40-man roster call-up, yes. right? That happens in September call-ups. Now, the September rosters have been altered in a huge way. September 1st through the end of the season of the championship season, including any tiebreaker timebreaker games, all clubs must carry 28 players on their roster. Oh, okay. On the active roster? Yeah. Wow, okay. In addition, clubs will be permitted to carry a maximum of 14 pitchers during the day. Now, look, you could have – I, I kind of thought of this. Like, hockey does this. A healthy scratch. Exactly, yes. You call up – you have guys there in the dugout, right, that are not on the active roster. They're healthy scratches. Yep. Now, I'll say, like, a guy, one of your 28, gets hurt. He's there ready to go for the next game. They might be doing that wow. next year. Okay. All right. I, li- I like that rule. Now, say, like, a pitcher is um, – has been overused. Yep. Right? You you take them off the active roster for two days and pop someone else pop on. someone else on a healthy scratch. Oh wow! Okay, so basically every time you start a starter, the next two in a way one or two days after you could throw that. them off right. the ro- active roster. In a way, you could do that for starters. I mean, oh, for wow. hitters, I don't see that as a as a option. yeah. Unless you have someone who's like a heavy DH, and then you're going like oh you know on a week NL road trip that they're not seeing the field. 
Right, yeah, September, correct, right. So this is, in a way, there's a lot more strategy involved, but you want to look on the other side of it, it sucks for the minor leaguers that were probably on the edge or they would have been absolutely locks for that 40-man roster call-up. Yeah. Right? It does stink, but... This is better in a way that you can strategize your your team down the stretch when you're trying to make a postseason run. Definitely. I mean, it makes it just like the NHL, like you said, with the healthy scratches. And I, I, I like that. I like it, too. Makes It makes the GMs, coaches a little more involved. Absolutely. And now there's the two-way player rule where players who qualify as two-way players, which I can only think of two, Brandon McKay and Otani. Okay. McKay plays the Rays. Um may appear as pitchers during a game without counting towards a club's pitcher limitations. Basically, the Otani rule. I mean, other rules, I, I just mentioned other rules you can read in the, in the text, but these are the more important ones. What do you think about the two-way player rule? So, I'm a little confused here. Play, so, to, as a two-way player, as in you can play in, in AAA and the major leagues? Two-way player being a way that you can pitch and, and hit. Oh, Not like the NBA where it's I'm thinking two-way. like two way contract NBA, like no. G League to NBA. No, no, no. So gotcha. Okay, players. so if you could just do both, right? So, so Otani, the Otani rule. Otani, right. uh, who and, else? And Brandon McKay. That's all I can think of right now. I mean, there's one more back in the day. Well, like Babe Ruth was one point was pitching and starting to do a hitter, but the only thing I can think of is these two guys active right now. McKay's a left handed pitcher and a first baseman, and Otani's oh, outfielder pitcher. What's his name? Mika. Was on the D-backs, then with the Reds, he mashed. Oh, Owings? Miko Owings, yes. He was a two-way guy? I think he just like... He wasn't really a two-way guy, but he he had some pinch hit at-bats, stuff like that. Right, right, right. Um, okay, but no, I mean, Pierce pitched during a game of counting towards... Um, I think it's good if you're trying to like exactly what we talked about before, strategizing with it. Yeah. I mean, Otani legit just changed the game now. Now GMs and scouts are looking... For guys like this. Yeah, it's true. To have another advantage. I mean, McKay throws like 95, 96 from the left side. And he's not, he hasn't, he isn't turned into the hitter that they want. I can see McKay honestly turning into a, a pitcher only at one okay. point. But, I mean, he was drafted strictly for this. Yeah. But Altani is both. They're, they're eliminating his mound um, usage or times on the mound during spring training because he's still getting over his injury. But you're going to see Otani back in action as a starter and as a hitter during the season uh, of 2020. So this rule really only benefits teams that have two-way players. Correct. Okay. Right. Little advantage. Little advantage. And then there's the, you know, the all the rules are... Um, extra player rule the previous 26 player rule will be replaced with the 27th player rule for all championship season games prior to September 1st the 27th player should not count towards any pitcher roster limits described above blah blah blah, blah. Um, injury lists reinstatement and option period for pitchers clubs may not reinstate pitchers or two way players from the injury list until 15 days have uh, uh, um, have gone on and um, it's just it, it, not really a huge change for that. But then there's the reduction in challenge time, which the managers will now have up to 20 seconds of challenge play instead of 30. That's not a lot of time. It, it is and it isn't. 
because you sometimes you got to look at a replay more than once. I feel like that's quick, and they're but they're very fast with it though. You know, yeah, but still, I feel like twenty seconds that flies by. I mean, twenty four second shot clock kind of flies by. Yeah, you know. So, um, I'm I'm cool with the roster changes. I'm not cool with the three batter minimum. I think that's a general consensus between you and me. Yes. I agree with that. All right, so let's get into the new topic we're we'll doing for every Friday episode until we've actually finished this. So it's going to be about six episodes where we're going to do this okay. on Fridays. Since spring training is upon us, let's dive into each division and talk about every team in detail. Where they did the off season? How can they? What are they going to be actually different when it comes to the next season? So we're talking NL East, and we're going to start with the Atlanta Braves, the division winners. They won ninety seven games last year. What they did in off season? There was a lot of things that they did, but the two major things they did was added a nice bullpen piece in Will Smith, left handed pitcher for a three year contract, and then signed free agent outfielder Marcelo Zuna. Love it for one year deal. I just don't know how they're going to move around Inciarte, Ozuna, Acuna, and they re-signed Nick Markakis for a one-year deal. So I think the odd man out will be, unfortunately, Nick Markakis. Inciarte is this outfielder, athletic out in the outfield defensively, great leadoff bat, very fast. So I think that they would like to have a speed demon kind of in their lineup. But Markakis is a veteran bat. He'll be the DH guy when they go play AL teams for right, sure. Right, right. Or vice or change or Osuna, whatever. But they also yeah. added um, Cole Hamels to a one-year deal. Nice left-handed pitcher, veteran left-handed pitcher in that starting rotation. Um, and they got King Felix for minor league deal. We talked about that about, I don't know, a month or two ago when he was signed. What do you think is going to be the biggest difference for this team? They lost Donaldson, which was huge. Definitely huge. I think the bullpen. This yeah. is going to be the biggest. I think it's the best bullpen in the NL East. Last season, they traded for Melanson, Chris Martin. I say that right? Melanson, Mark Melanson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Martin and Shane Green. And, I mean, I think that helped them. It gave them the stability they needed to really finish out games. And then especially this season, having the flexibility to close with Smith and Melanson. I think it's good. It'll complement the three righties they have in the bullpen. And, like you said, uh, getting Smith, he was... Disgusting last year. Overmatched left-handed hitters, a lefty specialist almost, yeah. uh, holding them to a 156 average and only two extra base hits on 72 plate appearances. That's incredible. Yeah, he absolutely diced up. He diced up the the National League West as a, as a giant last year. Let's go to the World Series champions. The Washington Nationals, 93-69. and 69. They were a wild-card team and ended up winning the World Series. Their big off-season deals, they signed a seven-year contract to their veteran GOAT postseason pitcher, Steven Strasburg. Other terms, they signed right-handed pitcher from the from the uh, Houston Astros, Will Smith, to a three-year deal, and they re-signed, they re-signed Mr. National. Ryan Zimmerman. They didn't re-sign Dozier. He's still a free agent. Estrubal Cabrera was re-signed. Daniel Hudson, who is, could probably be the, the closer next for the, for the 2020 season, had a great postseason for them, re-signed. And then Howie Kendrick, the World Series hero, postseason hero. Those are just some names to add in there. But the, the biggest thing, they lost. They lost Rendon. That is huge. That's going to, I think, ruin their chances of winning the division again. 
losing losing Rendon, a guy who placed I think second or third in the in the MVP, who had one of the best second halves we've seen in a long time. Helped them win the World Series. Clutch. I think he had almost 10 RBIs in the postseason or in, in the World Series. But losing him is huge. They did bolster infield a little bit and getting Starlin Castro. They're basically replacing Dozier. Kendrick, he'll be, he can play all around the infield. They re-signed Jan Gomes. But they lost their 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 best viable option in the in the offense. They have Trey Turner still. They they have a, a decent amount of veteran guys. They have Juan Soto, who's going to be the guy who's going to take over as the number one offensive player on that team. But not having Rendon is huge. Definitely huge. But still, regardless, I think infield wise, they have a good amount of depth. Like you said, they got Star on Castro. They have Howie Kendrick. Also have Estrubal Cabrera. Yeah. So I'm assuming any one of those guys could fill in, play second base, work with Trey Turner in the middle of the infield. And one of those uh, guys, I think Cabrera will be the guy playing third. Exactly. And then, you know, not the odd man out, but I guess the next guy up will be playing at third. Right. And then Howie Kendrick and Zimmerman will be playing first, someone, and Kendrick will play all around the infield as well. Oh, yeah. Look, but I do like the Will Smith signing. And because their bullpen was the scariest thing when it came to the postseason. Will Harris. What did I say? Will Smith. Will Smith is Braves. Braves, sorry. Will Harris, right. Um, yeah, so they, they in their bullpen during the postseason, they only could depend on Doolittle and, and Hudson, really. There was other guys in there, but they weren't as dependable as those two guys. But now adding Will Smith, Will Harris, excuse me, and then re-signing Hudson, I think that's a definitely nice thing for the bullpen. But I don't see them winning the division next year. No, I don't. I don't either. I think just the youth and the power that that Braves team has now, especially in their outfield, I just think it's going to be too much. Let's go to the New York Mets. Eighty-six wins last year. Realistically, they didn't blow twenty-five saves last year. They can. <laughs> they could have won the division. They would have been a 95 oh, yeah. win team. I think so. Or 93 win team. They would have competed for a wild card. They, they had they have the team. So the, their offseason was doozy. Oh, yeah. They hired Beltron. They fired him. We all know about that. They named Luis Rojas as the new manager on a multi year deal. They got a whole new staff of, of, of coaches with former Matt Jeremy Hefner as their new pitching coach. Um, Jeremy, uh, wow. I just put that name in there. And that name was a Jeremy promoted Jeremy Accardo as the assistant pitching coach. He used to pitch for the Blue Jays back in like the oh okay mid two thousands. Um, I remember that name. The biggest off season acquisition they got was Dylan Batanzas. They did add Porcello and Michael Walker to that rotation, so there's gonna be a rotation battle in spring training because you had to have Degrom probably going for another Cy Young, make it three. You have Syndergaard, Stroman, and then you have, I would say, Mats is kind of almost in there maybe as the four, and then you have Porcello and Walker batting out for the five, or Mats battling out for the five. However, you look at it. But I think this is the best bullpen in baseball. In, in, Dude, really? In, in the Better than the Braves? Yeah. I think this this offseason was a huge offseason for Edwin Diaz to rethink some, some things. Get his act together. I think adding Batanzas, Seth Lugo being in the top 10 best relievers in the league, on, according to MLB.com. Honestly, very underrated. Very, underrated. Very which he is unbelievable out of that bullpen. I think he's finally found a role. 
He was a starter, turn reliever starter, but now I think he's actually found a role. And you have down with Tanzas, Seth Lugo, Edwin Diaz. Hopefully, Familia comes up and actually fixes himself. I think this can be a serious bullpen. If everything works out, great, right? I mean, Seth Lugo is is going to be, I think, a done done deal fine. But Tanzas is coming off a, a torn Achilles, and then he hurt himself again. But if you have Dallin Batanzas, who, as Yankee fans, we've seen him dominate. Oh, yeah. I think it was four or five straight all-star seasons. This is going to be the best bullpen in the National East. I, I, honestly, I like Dallin. I just hope he doesn't catch the Mets bug. I hope so. I hope I hope he doesn't, man. I really don't because I love, I love Batanzas. I really do. And they also, some other things, they also named... Um no, that doesn't really matter. Uh, they actually just yeah, the Jessica Mandel's thing is actually huge. Uh, they announced that the the resigning of uh Jer- Jer- Jessica Ren- uh, Mendoza from Baseball Operations Advisor because she really re- screwed herself out of the job, both jobs, saying um, the Houston Astros scandal. She said some comments that weren't too positive, and the Mets were pissed because like. She was not representing the Mets then. She was representing ESPN. Yeah. ESPN let her go. And then ESPN, then the Mets just let her go. So Oof. now she has no jobs. Oof. Imagine losing two lucrative jobs like that in a matter of a month. Uh, an MLB team and the biggest sports network in the world? Yeah. yeah. Oof. Worldwide leader in sports. Rough. But I think they're going to be the best bullpen, and I think they could have a very high chance of winning the division. Really? If things work out. Okay. The, the, the shitty thing is it's going to be Alonzo, right? Everyone's going to expect Alonzo to 50 home runs again, but it's not going to happen. I do I do like the, the – I mean, as long as J.D. Davis is on, that front five of their projected lineup, you have Nimmo leading off, Jeff McNeil, uh, the flying squirrel at number two. Yes. Obviously, Alonzo batting three, Conforto, and then J.D. Davis. Offense looks nice, man. They have a lot of power. And then Conforto, too. Where he Did I not say him? Oh, he, Conforto right after Alonzo. Cleaning up. Right. So they got Conforto batting four, two. And whatever. even their bench isn't horrible. Mariznick, Ioannis Cespedes, Jed Lowry. They have I, Dom Smith, who's... He was a huge, highly, highly touted prospect coming up. Regressed a little. Not showing, I guess, that... But he's brought it back. Pop, he's brought it back. He's coming back. And then Luis Guillorme, you have him too. And then obviously Ahmed Rosario is going to be in that starting lineup. Having Cespedes back, if he can be in the starting lineup every day, he's gotten big. He's thick now. Thick and, and just a ton of muscle. Where do you throw him? In left field over J.D. Davis? Absolutely. If you can bring the Cespedes that helped you, basically brought you to the World Series yeah, in 15. Oh, carry them on their back. Imagine that 3-4-5. You have Alonzo, Cespedes, Conforto. Yeah, that's wild. Wild, that's a, bro. Yeah. They lost that, that can stack up with probably the best of them, they right? Kicked, as long kicked, as all the guys they, are on healthy. They finally kicked Juan Lagares to the curb. He just signed the Padres to a one-year deal. Finally. Um, <laughs> look, this team could actually win the division, too. I, wow. I, I really okay. think so. With the rotation they have, per, uh, hopefully a high projections in the bullpen. And if Cespedes comes back, this team can actually do damage. Let's go to the Phillies. 81-81 last year. Definitely a disappointing season. You had McCutcheon. He tore his ACL. You signed Harper to $300 million, 330. And he starts off extremely slow. Hits that one home run against the Nationals early in the season yep. to make a, uh, a name for himself in Philly. Walk-off Grand Slam. But then it took a while for him to get going. They also fired Gabe Kapler. I think they fired him too soon. 
We talked about that long ago on the podcast when he got fired. But they, they hired Joe Girardi. I love that hire. I wish the Mets did that as it would be the, probably the best move. But adding Joe Girardi through a three-year deal contract through 2020 is a awesome move. For 2022. 2022, excuse me. I can't read or talk today. <laughs> um, they also agreed to sign a uh, five-year deal to Zach Wheeler and a one-year deal to D.D. Gregorius. And I think Girardi being manager is huge on getting D.D. to come over. Absolutely. And look, and, and Girardi has experience. In managing championship experience, championship experience has been through the rough times, which is not even rough time. I think his first season was an eighty-five win season, didn't make the playoffs in two thousand eight. But the following season, two thousand nine, and you are he managed a bunch of egos, a bunch of big names, throwing Teixeira and Jeter and Cano and A Rod and Matsui, all these giant names, Posada, all these names together. On one roster, it's a lot of egos to, to maintain. You're maintaining the New York media. You're trying to trying to win ball games. They ended up winning, I think, 103 games that year and beating the crap out of everyone, including the Phillies in the World Series. And also, I forgot to add Johnny Damon in that. This is a great move for the Phillies, adding him in to teach this squad how to win. They have a lot of young talent. They have some good talent in the rotation. Bullpen. I, I could be better. Definitely could be better. But their their offense is where it's at. You have um, uh, Hoskins and Harper, and now you add Didi to it. On paper, this team. Stacked. Just names. Like Leo you Mito. said, Hoskins, Didi, you got Gene Segura. You can even throw Scott Kingery in there, who's up and coming. McCutcheon, like you said, Harper, Jay Bruce. Yeah, they got they, names. They got names, and they have a lot of power, right? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. it looks like Segura will be the second baseman for this season, right? I don't even know who's playing third since they, they let go of um, – oh, my God. I'm forgetting his name. Franco. Michael Franco. Uh, most likely Kingery. That's what I'm seeing right now. Okay, so Kingery was playing the outfield as well, but now they might be shifting him back to the infield, which he's a he was a second baseman by – by trade. Basically. Yep. But look, I, I think the Phillies have a shot with Joe Girardi. That's the biggest thing they did this season, this offseason. It was adding Girardi. Adding Wheeler was a nice piece to be behind Arietta and then as the ace is Aaron Nola. Well, I think Girardi is the key to winning this to winning the division if they can. Now the last team, the Marlins Nothing much going on there. 57 wins, 105 losses. The biggest things they did, they added two guys that I think are, are viable players, Corey Dickerson for a two-year deal, which is so funny. He's a, he's a pretty good hitter. He matches the ball. He just, can't, like, he just can't stay in one spot. It's the weirdest thing. Yep. I mean, it's not even like he, he hits a shit ton of home runs and can't hit for average. He hit 285. Right, and he, he, he's, a, he's a pretty good hitter. He was with the Colorado Rockies as a rookie. And the first couple of years, I thought he would be a guy that would be with Arenado and Blackman for a long time in Cargo when he was there. Yeah. And then I think he went to the Rays. Didn't really work out there. Went to the Pirates. Or it could be vice. It could be uh, flipped around. And now he's a free agent and then signs with a horrible team. But he's going to be getting some odds on here. And I can tell you this, for one certain thing, is that when it comes to trade deadline season, because we know the Marlins are not going to be a good team. No. Dickerson's going to be one of the bigger names to be traded, I think, if he does well. For an, and he'll get traded to a postseason team. They also added Jonathan VR, which year, I don't know, three years ago, led the league in steals. Yeah. It was last year. He did very well last year. The 41 Orioles. last year. Yeah, he just steals bases, good defensive player. Um, look, but is this really going to change this team? No. Definitely not. Uh, pitching rotation-wise, not great. No. 
No one with uh, no one was oh better than five hundred last year with Jordan Yamamoto going six and six as was I, Alcantara as well, right? Yeah, Sandy Alcantara he went ten and twelve. Caleb Smith went seven and eleven. That was that was their all star representative, Alcantara. Alcantara was with a four thirty eight ERA to end the season right. and a one thirty four WHIP. Yeah, to end the season. Damn. To middle, I think, I think all star rank. He, he was, was doing like, a little better. Right? He was doing okay, but yeah. he wasn't all star worthy, right? No. And then one of the bigger announcements that Curtis Granderson also retired, which is, you have your biggest offseason signing is you can probably say it's VR over Dickerson. They also um, claimed Aguilar off waivers from Tampa Bay, which he had one good season with the Brewers and then actually fell to the felt face first on the freaking ground this past season and then he got released. They also saw Matt Kemp who's trying to get his career back together. Matt Kemp, former um, MVP candidate, unbelievable outfielder, one of my favorite players of all time, honestly. Just absolutely rakes. 100%. All you native. Oh, yeah. So, look. Marlins, Jeter, you know you're not going to win this season. You just kind of just battle that. Try to get over, try to get 60 wins at least. Yeah. Try to get, try. Try, try to get under, you know, Try not to get 100 losses, you know? So, if you had to pick division winners right now. I'm going Braves. You're going Braves. Definitely. I, I like their I like their bullpen a lot. I like their rotation, and I think they have the bats to get it done. They, they have an awesome lineup with Freeman and, and Albies and Acuna. Now adding Ozuna. It's huge. Yeah, they got that pop. I want the Braves to win, but I think the Mets can really show. Really, I really think so, man. They if if that wow. bullpen didn't shit the bed last year, they could have been a playoff team. They could be battling with the Nationals. I seriously can't. I seriously think so. Braves were way too good last year. Yeah. Right? Oh, oh, yeah. Way oh, too yeah. good. But I think Ed, I think the the Mets did a decent job in the in the. Look, the Mets need to do something big, right? They had a horrible offseason PR-wise. Oh, yeah. And we have a who's Probably couldn't get any worse. And we have a who's man's at the end of the show to really kick off. It just even add on to all oh, my everything God, going on. It was horrible, yeah. dude. It was horrible. It's just bad. Bad stuff, dude. And I think this is their time to really to really show the National League East that they're ready to stay. All right, so you're going with the Mets? Yeah, full season of Strowman, right. too. A okay. full season of Strowman, too, with that, rot- with that rotation. I think it's going to be huge. All right, I like and the positivity. Have, I, I think so, dude. And look, you know me. I, I don't like the Mets, but I, I, I'm being, being a, 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 you know, a, a journalist here. Do you not like the Mets? I really don't. Like, I really don't care for them, you know? But, like, do you, are they on, like, the same level like the Red Sox or no. a team like that? No. no. Okay. I, I don't okay. hate them. Like, okay. I, All right. That's what I want to get because I feel the same way. I don't hate the Mets. I, 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 honestly, I, actually, I, I, almost, I, I almost root for the Mess. No, I don't. I don't, I don't really? root for them. I just don't like them. You know, it's a crosstown rival. You don't like them. I, yeah. I, I hate the Red Sox. I, hate, I feel bad. I hate, I hate the Crimson Tide. I hate Texas, right? Those are teams I hate. Because they're threats. I don't hate the Mets. I, 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 honestly, I feel bad for the Mets, and I want the Mets to have success. One, I know they're never going to have the success the Yankees ha- have or have ever had. And two, I have enough friends who are Mets fans. I just you know, I want them to get a little win in their life. I like to see the Mets fans cry. I, I want them to be excited in August. And also, we didn't even mention the whole like Stevie Cohen stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh. Like, this offseason has been the worst the Mets have ever had. Uh, probably Mets fans have ever had. It's, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the 2015 losing the World Series and then like absolutely horrible in 2016 from what I remember. I could be totally wrong. Maybe if you looked it up real quick, I don't want to be wrong. 2016, that would be a season for the Mets. 
I think they didn't do as great as I th- I think I- 87 and 75 alright so they did okay they did pretty lost well. in the NL wild card yeah I'm an idiot sorry sorry look this is the this is the year for the Mets in my opinion okay I think it's to be Mets, Braves, Nationals are out, Phillies are going to be just missing it, and then the Marlins wouldn't lose 100 games again. Whatever. All right. All right, so let's get to some football. Big boy Jameis, free agent, helping himself in the offseason, getting that eye surgery for his nearsightedness. Can you believe this? Uh... I- Honestly, when I first heard the report, I thought it was like a joke. I thought it was a joke, too. I thought it was some Twitter troll or something. I really thought. I did not see this coming. I also saw a report that he was wearing, like, he was seen wearing glasses, like, after. Really? So, what's up with that? I don't know. So, he gets this LASIK surgery, right? He had the LASIK surgery and, and didn't want to count out any options that he had that could possibly help him with the game he loves so much. Winston's publicist told ESPN, he doesn't want to miss out on an opportunity that presents itself. This is the game he loves, and he wants to be the best at it. And if there are options that he can improve his game, he is willing to do it. He's the best at throwing picks. He is the best at throwing <laughs> picks. He really is the best throwing picks. So there, there really has been like, if you really think about it, like he, he's... He said that, like, yo, my vision kind of hurts when I throw, and, like, I, I don't know who I'm throwing to at times. Like, he can't read the scoreboard. All right, so that's like me. Not, not def- I'm definitely definitely not as bad as see, that. But. Arian said this. He can't read scoreboard, but he can see the guys in front of him, so he's fine. Yeah, he can see the guys in front of him. He can see the other team, too. <laughs> oh, he can clearly see he the clearly- other team. And then, you know, he threw 30 picks in 2019. He also threw for a league high 5,100 yards passing and 33 touchdowns. It's the new age Brett Favre, baby. 30 and 30. Dude, his, his 19,737 passing yards are the seventh most by any quarterback in the league since 2015. So is it really the eye surgery killing you or you just stink? Uh, I definitely think it's a little of both. Okay. I mean, the eyes definitely can't help because if he said he can't read the scoreboard, that means his eyes, eyesight's even uh, you know worse than mine. And I wear glasses mostly for like a distance, which is him and nearsighted. You wear twenty three hours of the day. Yeah, well, not when I sleep, but yeah, I, I wear my glasses all the time. Exactly, but like when I play like fly football or any pretty much any sport, I take them off. I don't wear contacts. I don't know about it. they kind of bug me out. I don't like putting stuff in my eyes like that. Did you ever wear like the goggles? I've never wore goggles. I am in the market for a pair of goggles. I don't want the goggles. I want like the, the shades like uh, Mark Stoudemire wore. Oh my God, those are ugly. They're so ugly. I can rock those. I'd rather those than goggles. Why did I, why did I think? Did you wear glasses playing baseball? No. I don't wear glasses I was playing any sports. So what did you wear? <laughs> Nothing. You, you, did, you do, you, did you do contacts? No, I've never worn contacts. What? Yeah. Was it hard to see? I mean, I don't know. It is what it is. It is what it is, I like, guess. Like, honestly, like, if me me wearing glasses and not wearing glasses really isn't going to change much. Like, same with him. Seeing the scoreboard, all right, maybe I, it's, it looks a little blurry from, like, far away. But, like, something up close within 10, 20 yards is not really changing that much. He did also post a Instagram story of himself <laughs> with the optometry uh, glasses with the caption, They know! <laughs> 
All right, over under 25 picks next year. Oh, he's going fucking over, dude. <laughs> oh, he's going over. Yeah. He might reach like 28. I don't think he'll reach 30 again. But he's going over, dude. Look, he's going to do the same thing he did last year. He's going to hurl the ball around. If he has a team. I'll be on, he'll be on a team. There's no, he'll be on a team. You think he's going to start? Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he did. Yeah, he threw for 5,000 yards. He has to get a starting job somewhere. But. Look, the Chargers said they, they have Tyra Taylor as a as their starter for next season. As of right now, he's a mobile quarterback, oh, right? Oh, yo, Rook. James on the Chargers. Look, I'm just rattling off some stuff here. I mean, that gives him, you know, receivers besides just only Mike Evans on when he was with the Bucks to go get that ball for him. Look, it's, it's just an option. Chargers were a playoff team a couple of years ago. They had the talent, and then just this what this year did not happen. But look, it's just you, you know what? He'd be the best backup in the league if he comes a backup. Yeah. Oh, easily. I don't know how I don't know how a guy that throws five thousand yards becomes a backup. I understand the picks are a problem. Exactly by throwing the picks. <laughs> the picks are an issue, <laughs> but I don't see how a guy who threw five thousand yards, who led the league in passing, becomes a backup. All right. Unless he goes to the that. Patriots, and I get why. Yeah. But it's not going to happen. Oh, I like the Saints. I was just thinking Saints in my head. I don't know why. I mean, when you said Patriots, I was like, all right. He's, he's going to back have, up they, for a year. And they then have Bridgewater, though. They have Bridgewater. Uh, yeah, and our boy. Uh, oh, Tyson, Tyson Hill. Tyson Hill, that's right. Which, you know what? That was the most liked photo. When it comes to our uh, bench player of the week, really had over uh, yeah that absolute light. Great. You can't hate Taysom Hill. No, bro, he's a fan favorite all around. It bench players and all. Honestly, <laughs> you, we're talking you get about from everyone. Now let's talk about a guy who had himself a a doozy to end the season, just like Jameis did. <laughs> but this guy was in a negative way. NFL finally reinstates Miles Garrett from suspension. I watched that clip at least like twenty times yesterday. <laughs> I've watched it a thousand <laughs> times since it happened, dude. It's it's still unbelievable that it actually happened. He blacked out, his brain turned off, and he just beat the crap out of um, what's his name, the quarterback. What's his name? I'm forgetting for the Steelers. Yeah, the backup. He sucks. Mason Rudolph. Yes. There it is. Beating the crap out of Mason Rudolph with his helmet. With his own helmet. Browns GM uh, Andrew Barry said in a statement, we welcome Miles back to our organization with open arms. We know he is grateful to be reinstated, eager to put the past behind him and continue to evolve and grow as a leader. We look forward to having his strong, positive presence back as a teammate, player, and person in our community. That's a great statement to say. I think this is a horrible precedent for the NFL to send. Horrible. <laughs> this is so bad. Because you, you literally literally can commit assault and you're getting a six-game suspension. Yo, everyone was... At, at the time, at the time, everyone was thinking, press charges, get this man arrested, lawsuit, dunzo, 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 right? We all thought that. Media and fans were finally agreed upon something together saying... I think this could make some sense. And then we really thought about it. It's like, does this really make sense? And like, yeah, yeah, kind of. And then he gets the year suspension the rest of the year. We thought he would never play football again. But now he's back. You're 100% right. It definitely sets a horrible precedent president to, to the next season, the years to come for the NFL. You can beat the crap out of somebody, get suspended for a year, and come on back. So it is um, – it's not good. Just to compare this real quick. Okay. So back I – mean, way, way back in the day, 
There was an altercation between uh, Chris Simon on the Islanders and Ryan Hallweg on the Rangers. I'm not sure if you remember it, but basically you could sum it up as baseball. Chris Simon took a complete swing at Ryan Hallweg's head, drilled him with the stick, Hallweg went down. Chris Simon, he was suspended for a minimum of 25 games. Wow. I believe he uh, did uh, sus- uh, was suspended more. Okay. I don't, can't find the exact number right now, but also the Nassau County District Attorney considered filing criminal charges. But then Holwig said he, you know, he wasn't pressing charges later on. Same thing Mason Rudolph did. So if this gets you a 25-game suspension... So what are you saying? This is this this suspension is basically nothing. Like this. I'm saying it's nothing because all right, you 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 can't hit a guy in the face with a stick. <laughs> no, I think it's a lot more egregious to hit someone over the head with a helmet. It weighs a lot more. It's a lot easier to control, and I feel like it's going to do a lot more damage. And he also didn't have his helmet on either. Exactly. So I mean, I think I think it was too light of a suspension. I think. So, I mean, think about it. Next season, a guy can come out, get pissed off, blast a guy in the head with a helmet, and then when the NFL says, like, oh, we're, we're, we're coming down, and blah, 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 this guy knows I'm only going to get six games because they set the precedent. It's not like they can, you know, say, oh, we're going to give you a year now. I mean, or else it's going to be, Goodell's going to be on heat again for the whole, everything that happened with the Ray Rice, how they couldn't get, they set a precedent and they couldn't follow it. Right. They were just flip-flopping back and forth, back and forth. I think it was bad to set a precedent. I think he should have been suspended at least throughout the beginning of the season to show like, hey, it's not like, oh, when the season's over, your your slate's cleared. I think they should have at least kept him out, even if it's one or two games at the beginning of the season. I agree. Just to set the precedent that like, you know, you have to, you got to be a good person and a good standing member of this league to be able to play. And it really, it's funny because we've talked about it before. Miles Garrett is not this guy. You know, he's a he is a comic book nerd. He loves to talk about Star Wars. He's into yoga. He's at the dog park the, yeah. every single week with yeah. the members of the community. Yeah, he's a nice guy. And I think this, that's what helped him get back this I, quick. Definitely, but the, right. I mean, if he's had like you know a DUI arrest. And then, oh, or, this is Pac-Man Jones hitting someone over the head with a helmet. Pac-Man, it's Jones. over. It's over for Pac-Man. <laughs> then, all right. So we're gonna take a quick break. All right, we're back after our first break. It's time to talk a little gambling. Liam had a good idea, and I kind of like it. That's right. So March Madness is starting a month from Monday. It's gonna start on March seventeenth. Let's go. Uh, so right now we're gonna pick uh, each three futures. The, so the teams must add up to a hundred to one odds. So you know you can add however you want eighty, twenty, one, whatever you want to do. Um, we're going by the Westgate uh, book future odds to ten. Uh, and if either of our teams win, loser pays a hundred bucks. I like it. Make it, it a little interesting. Throw some skin in the game. And you know we honestly did this. We didn't. We did this alone. We picked our teams, and we kind of did the same thing. We picked a favorite, middle of the road, and then a long shot. Exactly. So I'll go first. I picked Ohio State as my first team at sixty to one. Uh, I mean, that was just straight homers bias, homers and bias. getting like a kind of an underdog in there to help out my numbers. Uh, next, I picked Arizona at thirty to one, bringing my total to ninety. I like Arizona uh, for the in the rankings right now. They're sitting around ten, eleven, sixteen, and seven. 
they're not great on the road, but I like them in the neutral courts, so hopefully that can help out. And then my last pick was Seton Hall. They're sitting just underneath Arizona, 18-5. and five. They're 7-2 and two on the road, which is a major reason why I pick them. I think having that, uh, you know, just good resume of winning on the road is going to help them get a good seed and also help them, obviously, when it comes to the tourney when they're playing in unfamiliar territory. Mine, I'm going Dayton as my favorite at 12-1. to one. Oh, we both have a 12-1. to one. Okay. Yeah. They are 22 and 2. They're ranked 6 in the country right now. Obi Topman is an absolute savage. Yeah, he's a stud. He's averaging 19 points, just under 20 points a game, and just under 8 boards a game. He's also 35% from 3. He's a big man. Forward, not terrible. Kind of like that. They also have, they have a lot of good shooters on this team. They have two guys that are, are shooting about 41% from 3. Um, they have honestly, they honestly have. Almost three or four guys under forty percent, just under forty percent. That's good. It's pretty freaking good. So, and I, I just like how they play. They play strong. They play hard. My next team is Maryland. I have them at twenty to one. The Terps twenty and four. Anthony Conway Jr. and Jalen Smith kind of lead the pack. I like their offense. Anthony Conway Jr. I think I mean you know more you know better than me, but is he more of a like a nice draft pick for next year? Yeah, his name is definitely up there in the talks. And like what top top fifteen? Uh, maybe a little more, maybe outside of the lottery, but I think I think his name's definitely been thrown around for the first round. And then my long shot, okay, eighty to one. Ooh, okay. I just picked got? it. Screw it. I just said whatever. I'm going Colorado. I like it. Shot I, in the dark. I, I I know nothing about Colorado <laughs> bu- Buffaloes. You know, their basketball team know nothing. Okay. Screw it. I really wanted to pick Oklahoma, but they're not even that great to pick. Their Oklahoma is fifteen and eight overall. They're two and six on the road. Um they are really good at home. They're ten and one, but they're just not they're not the best team in the Big Twelve right now. The, the Big Twelve is really like the Texas Techs of the world, West Virginia's Baylor, Kansas, they're just absolutely killing it. So Oklahoma's kind of at the bottom. I think they're ranked 49th in the country. Oh, okay. So they're a little far down. But I kind of like the futures. I like the stuff. We should do more of this, future bets. Definitely. We'll definitely do more. We're going to be plugged in the March Madness. Selection Sunday is actually March 15th, so a month from this upcoming Saturday. Uh, and then with for the first four happening right after that, March 17th, 18th. Very excited Big for this March guy. Madness. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna have brackets going. We'll probably even we'll figure something out. A good like bracket loser challenge. I'm down. I think I think it'd be great. All four of us do the bracket. All right, I got one. Oh. So on Selection Sunday, they picked the full field, sixty eight teams. Okay. The loser. We can either do the the worst of us, so the loser, or we can do the winner picks. Who has to do it? You got to make sixty eight threes. 68 threes? Yes. Why 68? 68 teams. Oh, my God. I think I could do that. Yeah. Taylor, you're going to be there for three hours. (laughs) (laughs) Or (laughs) I just thought of this just now. (laughs) I've never done it before. Okay. The beer mile. Oh, Taylor, I wouldn't make it. I wouldn't make it a lap through that. Oh, that's a good one. I think it's a great one. March. It's still a little chilly outside. You know. Okay. Beer mile. I like the 68 threes to kind of keep it towards basketball and keep it. I mean, honestly, that's just a grueling punishment. You're going to take forever, and by the time you make like 20 threes, your arm is going to be shot. Okay, do you, can you shoot from anywhere, or are you like around the world kind of thing and just keep going around the world? Uh, 
So I can't shoot from the corners at all. Ooh, ooh. I, li- I like to have a little backboard. There. Yeah, no, nah, well, yeah, anywhere, 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 any three. I think that's fair. Right. I think beer mile would be hilarious. Hilarious both? challenge. <laughs> we just make them do it. The Maybe. loser has to do both. Maybe. All right, so that's our gambling odds there. Um, disappointing to see North Carolina not play great. Yeah, I mean, you know, they have Kalani's coming back from injury, so I think they're going to improve. Just a slow start to the season. I mean, this season's just almost wrapping up, so I, I think they're not even going to be uh, contending for March Madness at all. I don't think so. Yeah. They're, they're not good. They're horrible in the, uh, in the conference. they got a month left, so, you know, we'll see. They could pick it up. They could if they really do, but um, if you had to pick the champion right now, I know we're so early on. San Diego State's un- unbelievable. They're undefeated. Gonzaga's ridiculous. Dayton, I think, is really good. Duke, of course, I like, is always in it. Yeah, I like Duke, Kansas, Louisville. Even West Virginia, because, you know, when they get that Bob Huggins defense going, it's over. Louisville's a good team, too. I like, I mean, the, the fact that they turned around so fast after Patino's gone. Yeah. They turned around in like a year and a half, two years. Usually those things don't, I mean, players drop and they leave. Yeah, and they oh, yeah. come back. So I, I think it's definitely a nice turnaround. All right, so we're taking another quick break, and when we come back, we're talking special segments. Back special segment time. You know what it is on this special segment. We're going to start out with AB being AB. Oh yeah, AB is back of the news, but in a little of a positive way here. In his latest apology tour, he is now apologized <laughs> towards Big Ben on an Instagram post. He posted a photo of Rossberger smiling and slapping his back of Brown's helmet when the two guys were playing together and it looked like they were best friends. Liam, I'm going to let you read this because I don't know if this is English at all because he usually doesn't have good... You know there's like a Twitter account that is like... It, it's, it's... It's like him but correct grammar? Yeah. Damn, I should have started that. That's a genius so idea. So awesome. When, when he first put out, when he started bugging out the first, I like put in the corrected grammar of the Twitter I know, I know. in here. Damn, that's a great idea. But I'll read this real quick. Brown wrote, Mostly you, a little bit of me. Yee yee. <laughs> Oh, that's bars right there. Mostly you a little bit of me. Yee yee. I never realized how good I had it. I got caught up in my emotion with everyone coming after me. I really apologize for my actions. Sincerely, man. Exclamation point. It's never been another connection like what we've done in the past decade. I appreciate you. Sincerely, AB. So this is Antonio Brown publicly apologizing uh, to Big Ben after he's already apologized to the Steelers, the NFL, and the Hollywood, Florida Police Department since his January arrest after he allegedly attacked the delivery truck driver. Do you believe this is real? Uh, this might sound crazy. I do believe it's real. Oh, wow, Liam. Wow. Really? You, you don't? No. I, th- I think this is 1,000% mental health, health issues. I think this is him trying to get a job back. Oh, Okay. He's I mean, tr- I definitely think it's a little of that. He's he's trying to you know save himself right but now. But he still is trying to fight Luke uh, Logan um, Logan Paul. Yeah, but I think that's just getting the bag. He's trying to make some money. Yeah, but that's can. just not a good PR look for you. You're you're a professional athlete. You are you are a better athlete and more important yeah. person in when it comes to sports than Logan Paul. I know Logan Paul makes a ridiculous amount of bread being a quote unquote boxer now. Look, AB is trying his hardest to get back into the league. Do you really think he's apologizing to the NFL with sincere 
emotions. No. He hates the NFL. You kidding? Maybe the NFL, but I think the Big Ben maybe. I don't know, man. I, I've 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 so far gone and so done with AB's BS. He needs to get his life together. He needs to get out of Twitter, get off Instagram, and go seek therapy for at least six months. Mental health 2020, baby. That's really get it in. Get it in, dude. It's so important. Oh, look, maybe he does mean it, but I personally don't think it. it, it He's really, really meaning it, you know. I don't, I don't, I just don't think it really, it really is a thing, to be honest with you. I, I, okay. I, I don't really like it. I mean, I'm just gonna. He doesn't have a job. No one wants him back. Nobody wants him back. He can apologize all he wants. I don't think anyone's gonna take him back because they don't want to take the the PR risk and the risk for the team. That's what I really think. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna wrap it up with. One of the most infamous quotes. Take care of your mentals, your bodies, and your chicken. 2020, baby. Marshawn, baby. That's right. Take care of your chicken. Bingo. Someone who's not taking care of their chicken. The Mets. True. This is this week's Who's Man's. So the most striking part of the Mets, $57 million spring training renovation. Crazy. Yes. Maybe the uh, home clubhouse. Apparently it looks beautiful. I haven't seen any leaked pictures yet. Have you seen any, Taylor? It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I'm, I'm going to look after we get off recording. But the Mets are only using it for spring training. The minor league Port St. Lucie team is getting a little left over. So apparently they're not using it for the St. Lucie regular season because they want to give minor leaguers a reminder of the status they're working to earn. What do you think of this? It's it's so wrong on all levels. Why are you going to drop bills on a clubhouse and not use it? It's so wrong on all levels to have a a bunch of minor leaguers like look at that. It's like that's what we can get that one day. But not even because how many of those minor leaguers are actually going to get that? Right. So just let them have it. Like do you understand? Right? Do you understand a lot of these guys? Like there's like four to one room and there's only two beds. <laughs> yeah. They all share one pizza. Oh yeah. You know, it's the minor league life is hard. I've never experienced, and I never will. But I just from stories and friends that have been major that have that went through the minor league rankings and people we've interviewed talk about the minor leagues and how hard it is. Dude, this stuff is not easy to get to. It's not easy, and the fact that they built this thing that none of them can use, and it's a way to show that this is something to strive for one day. BS. Yeah, I think it's almost like it's more of a slap in the face than a motivational tool. Absolutely. Absolutely slap in the face. It's horrible. It's hilarious and horrible at the same time. It is a gorgeous facility. Gorgeous clubhouse. Gorgeous. That's this week's Who's Man's. Mets, you suck. Treat your players better. Do you want to do the other one or no? No, no. Too too heavy. Got to try to keep this light and bubble. Can we just say what the title is? (laughs) Yeah. You want to say what the title is? No. Say it. Say it. <laughs> Amir Reap and Jossa win dismissed from Ohio State football team after rape kidnapping charges. Really not good stuff, guys. Like you're, That's worse than who's man's. It's fucked that's up. That's who's fucking idiot. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, that's just the, the, the basis of it. Rape and kidnapping. We don't condone that on Ohio State. We don't condone that, period. That's people. right. No, we don't like... We are anti-rape, anti-kidnapping on this podcast. Anti-Nazi as well. Anti-Nazi as well. That's right. And let's finish it off with something nice and light. Oh, would you wear it? That's right. So we have All-Star Weekend coming up for the NBA. That means there's a ridiculous amount of shoes dropping. 
Damn right. Uh, also, some other crazy collab job. But <laughs> I just saw your face. I know what you're looking at, baby. So, we're going to start off. We have the Nike KD12 Don C. The Nike KD12 is probably the mo- my favorite playing basketball shoe I've owned since the Kyrie one. And that's like five, six years. So that's big. So first of all, playing, I love this. Are you pulling off the links? You want me to show you? Oh, I'm looking at the, the, the Don C right now. All right. So it's all-star collab, KD and Don C. If you don't know Don C, he's one of the sneaker designing greats. Him and Nike have done countless collabs, and pretty much all of his collabs resell extremely well. This uh, particular model of the KD12 has copper lace aglets to symbolize the train tracks. Uh, to DC that help open Katie's eyes to greatness has baby blue throughout the shoe and four red stars on the heel as a nod to the Chicago flag where Don C is from. And also just a shout out to everything Chicago has done for the sport of basketball. They're releasing this Saturday at 10 a.m. on the sneakers app retailing for 160. Current resale is a little over the retail at 190 to 210. Future resale it'll drop a little. I still still think it will be above retail because these are a Don C shoe and the KD12 is an amazing basketball shoe. It has zoom air all the way across. Literally feels like you're standing on a cushion. And you can feel the air moving when you're playing. It's fucking crazy. But a six shoe. I love the colorway. What do you think, Taylor? Love them. Love them. They're so cool looking. Yeah, just that blue. Honestly, you throw that kind. Of, you throw that light baby blue on anything. I'm gonna love baby it. Baby blue is so in nowadays. Yeah, it's a throwback color for jerseys. Oh yeah. for baseball. There's, I think there's eight new throwback jerseys being played next year. That many eight different teams. Woo! Yeah. Okay, I love it. I these these are very good looking shoes. They look comfy. Playing ball in them. They're beautiful. Beautiful I love shoes. Them. I really like those. Taylor, this this is the bell of the ball. Really, this is the bell of the ball. Not not that one. This upcoming one. I can see now. I'm looking. The Jordan at it. Five. I saw the, the off white. I saw the Instagram Retro. video that he posted. Oh yeah. Of cutting and cutting out the um, the holes. Yeah. Yeah. So Virgil Abloh collab with Nike again. He's back. He's a native of Rockford, Illinois, and he understands the deep cultural impact of Michael Jordan's legacy in the Windy City of Chicago. They use the base model of the Jordan Five OG Black Metallic. Uh, and also incorporate Off-White's signature deconstructed approach. It's translucent textile with some cutouts in the midfoot and the collar. Offers a very elusive peek into the shoe. It has a, basically a hole punch through the tongue where you can physically stick your finger through it. Pretty crazy. Um, it also has Off-White's signature text that sits on the inside panel of the shoe like every other Off-White Nike collab has. Um, you know, it has the production specs as well as the Silhouette's Birth, which was in Beaverton, Oregon, Nike's headquarters. These are also dropping on Saturday, same as the Don CKDs, dropping at 11 a.m., so an hour after on the Sneakers app as well. Besides that, nowhere else. I think Off-White's site might be dropping them, but that time is not announced yet. And then one raffle at Empty Gallery that has closed already. Oh Retailing at 225 The current resale price... Selling for one thousand to one point five thousand. That's fifteen hundred dollars in the small sizes. Absolutely bonkers. Jesus, you Christ. can quadruple your money right here. You can make a quick, easy five hundred bills. Probably more than that. Future resale, I see it, CC, I see it being around seven fifty to a thousand dollars. This is such a hype shoe. Limited production. Very, very limited releases. Personally. I would not wear this. I cannot wear Jordan 5s. I'm just too lanky. My legs are too long. I got two thin ankles, and they just look stupid on me. Yeah. But this is a six shoe. I'm 1,000% going to be going this for the resale. 
And I mean, knowing me, I always say I'm going for the resell. I always end up getting it in my size and loving it and wearing it. But, yeah, but, you, just one, said, but you just said these don't really look great on Exactly. You. This one, I know. I'm still going to go for in my size just because, you know, just to give me that little hope when they're getting shipped, to give me a little extra juice. But So, so do you like it? I, I like these. I like these. I personally could not wear them. I would never wear these. No, because you know me. I, I'm not huge on the high top. Yeah, you're you're low. You're Jordan. low kind of guy. I'm yeah, not huge, I'm I'm not really huge into Jordans. Really, I'm not really. I, I had one pair. When I was even younger. basketball shoes. You're not like a huge huge basketball shoe guy. I have a pair of basketball shoes that are kind of ankle high. Yeah, but they're cheap. You you're a big low mids guy. Yeah, I would like a Kyrie or something like that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Or a Kobe. Oh, definitely. Those, and those are they're rec- what what what's the market for those? Now? Oh yeah, so um, Kobe's last release uh, with the of the Kobe eight uh, was it? No, they retro Kobe. Uh, I believe it was the Kobe six. Yes, it was a Kobe six. No, Kobe five Pro Tro. Um, they made it in the chaos colorway. And that was I believe it dropped a week before he died, and it didn't even sell out. It was sitting on shelves. And then the minute he died. It started selling out everywhere and went from sitting at retail for one seventy five to reselling for four or five hundred bucks. Wow! And Nike actually pulled it. Yeah, they pulled it on the website because people were buying literally just for the fact to resell. Right. And profit off of Kobe's death, which is kind of messed up. Right. I didn't sell any of my Kobe shoes, but how many pairs do you have? Uh I have two, three pairs. I mean, they're all like worn, so it's not like I was really going to sell them. It's not like they were any crazy colorways or models or anything, but right. still, the demand is definitely there for Kobe stuff now. And I think anything future that Kobe will release, I think it's going to have a, almost a Jordan effect where right. the resale is always going to be there just because of the legacy. Then to wrap it up, probably the coolest one from this, this week. weird looking. And I don't like it as much as the original. The Nike Adapt BB 2.0 OG. So the Nike Adapt BB 2.0 has arrived in their OG colorway. It's a modern take on the celebrated sneaker that first made its legendary debut on the hardwood in 1990. This silhouette sports a similar color scheme um, with the black base and accents of silver and white and a bright crimson. Just like the original pair, it aims to inspire the future of the game. So, for those who don't know, the Adapt BB, it has no physical laces that you can tie. It is all electronic. You can control it via the shoe or via your phone, an app on your phone. And literally tighten your shoe from your phone to the exact tightness you want. They have a scale of 1 to 100 on each shoe, and you can pick you know, where your comfort wants to be. I think a sick design. I like the original Nike Adapt BB much better. I think the shape was better. Was like Tatum the wearing those? The originals? Yeah, he wore the originals a lot, the 1.0s, right. yeah. But I still like these, um, but if I had to get a pair, I'd definitely get the original ones. These are coming out on Sunday at 10 a.m. on the Sneakers app, retailing at 400 so higher than the first pair. The first pair retailed at 350 and did resell well, sitting around 450 This pair is not really going to resell well. Um, just the man's not there. I think I think general public agrees with me that the 1.0 had a better silhouette and better colorways. But still, still a, a cool shoe and an insane concept. Now, for the technology itself, that's why it's so much money, right? Definitely. I mean, I I don't even think because of the technology, but I think they can up upsell it and market up even more because of technology. I don't like. I I get the whole technology part, but it looks it looks very futuristic. 
Definitely, because when they first came out with the Adapt program with the electronics yeah. uh, laces, the shoes first sold for like eight hundred bucks. Right, I remember that. And then they made the uh, basketball shoes at like half that price for three fifty, four hundred bucks. Would you wear these? I would. Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna say no. I'm gonna wear, wear these for shoes. Clout. Wear for clout. Wear for clout. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I I do eventually want to get a pair of the 1.0s. They just. I feel like that's that's just a shoe I'm gonna want to have in my collection. Right. I probably wouldn't even. Maybe I'd wear it once or twice indoors. I wouldn't want to get them dirty or anything. Cause collection piece. That's that's history almost. Right. I mean, at least for me as being being a sneaker collector. Um, but I do like these. Uh, I'm, I wouldn't drop four hundred dollars on them, but. Still, very cool shoe, and I absolutely love the concept. I want to see Nike bring the Adapt to more sneakers. You throw Adapt on Kyrie's, LeBron's, just see what they can do with it. I think it's really cool. No, I, I like it too. It's I, definitely futuristic. Good selection of shoes this week. Yeah, oh, this um, All-Star Weekend. That's not even a third of the shoes that are dropping. You have more Kyrie's. You have LeBron's. Uh, I think even Kawhi Leonard's dropping a new New Balance. No emotions are emotions pack. So there are a ton of shoes coming out. Nice. Go check, you know, go on Sneaker News, Soul Collector, Complex, whatever you got to check out. Bunch of six shoes dropping this week. Any last words? Uh, no last words. Shout out Max Pierce for another viral video of Dunk. If you haven't seen it, That's right. go look it up. It was wild. It's, I think they should be looking at it as a freaking Dunk in the Slam Dunk Contest. Ooh. All right, okay. so... That's our show. All-Star Weekend. Go enjoy yourself. Watch some games. Watch the All-Star Game. Watch the dunk contest. It's going to be horrible like usual. But that's what I'm doing. So we'll catch you guys on Tuesday. Peace.